Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. Today, folks, I'm going to change gears a little bit and kind of answer some questions, some emails that I get from time to time and discussions that I have with uh, other Christians about the subject of Islam. Uh, many of you know who've been following this uh, ministry for quite some time. We deal with this uh, issue, I've had a bit of a background with that in missionary work, and we founded Missions to Muslims and uh, trying to teach Christians some of the Christian apologetic uh, issues to defend our faith and to bring Muslims out of the error of a false doctrine, a false teaching, and bring them to faith in Jesus Christ. And a question that I'm asked somewhat often is this. Can you trust Muslims who claim that they're now Christians? Because we all know that in Islam there is the doctrine of deception, that they are commanded actually to lie to the kafir, to the unbeliever, and to deceive them to, to enlarge the, the kingdom of Islam. Are they trying to infiltrate us? Are they trying to join and try to destroy us from within? I've been asked, are you aware of situations like this uh, happening? Yes, I am. It has happened. In fact, there are a number of occasions that I'm familiar with of Muslims who have tried to infiltrate into Christian groups to try to convert or destroy, to sow seeds of uh, dissension or argument, debate. And they don't start off that way, but it kind of, they develop a bit of a uh, trust and rapport and leadership, might even marry someone within the congregation. Then they kind of see their, their true colors. I've even had some Muslims tell me that they came here with that very mission, to try to destroy the churches of America, and the best way to do it was from within. Should we be on guard? Uh, yes, we should. But then I'm going to give you the other side of the coin here in a minute. But let me give you first some practical things to do to start observing, asking certain questions, and seeing how they reply to certain things so that you can kind of see where they are. And they may not be knowing it, but they're revealing, maybe if they're wolves trying to put on sheep's clothing, uh, these questions, these things I'm going to share with you are helpful to help you discern whether they're a true believer or not. And I've come across Muslims who, or former Muslims who say that they've uh, converted to Christ. And so there's certain things that I immediately start uh, doing. And the first thing I do, the first thing I start questioning them about their testimony. Tell me, how is it that you came to become a Christian? And there's certain things I'm listening for, and I am anticipating to hear. Now realize, not every Muslim or so-called Christian that was a former Muslim is truly saved. Uh, Obama, for example, okay? Um, he gave us his testimony three times, one in his book, uh, the second time when he was running for the Senate, and the third time when he was running for president at the Saddleback uh, Forum, he gave his testimony. And on the surface, 
It sounds like a good testimony. My pastor taught me that I could accept Jesus as my Savior and that he can forgive me of my sins. Now, that sounds like a good testimony on the surface, but you need to dig a little deeper. Certain things you need to be also knowing that their trust is in Jesus alone and what Christ did for them and that they cannot say that they're not a good person, that they are deserving of God's judgment. And, and some, you know, things like someone opened a Bible and explained it to me. Here's what I used to believe. And then I came to know and learn this and, and, uh, and this changed me and, and, and so on there. And so there's uh, things that you want to be careful in listening for. Secondly, and this is very important, very important. Do they openly and willingly renounce Islam and the Prophet Muhammad. I mean, if you if you don't ever hear them uh, renouncing or saying, you know, how bad the teaching is, and and these people are, they need to be delivered from it. They need to be brought out of it. If they have no concern for those who are still in it, and they don't openly renounce Islam and the false teachings that they were caught up in. Uh, that's pro- that's problematic. Anytime I have a former Muslim on our radio program, the first thing you're going to hear me ask them, do you openly and publicly renounce Allah, uh, Islam, Muhammad? You know, will you do that today? Because if they if they won't do that publicly on the radio with me, we're, we're going to uh, we're ending that conversation. Uh, I don't have the confidence to bring him before you, our listeners. And so uh, we, we want to hear and know that they public. And here's why. Here's why. Because of the laws of deception, Muslims are permitted to, to lie. They're, you've heard of takia, right? Takia is to lie and say what the enemy needs to hear you say, but only say it but not in your heart. I only say it because they are demanding it, okay? So, you know, if they say, well, I renounce Islam, if they're doing it because they are, you know, feel their life is threatened or whatever, just in order to save their life. But you need to kind of, they need to openly pronounce it. Not that they're being, you know, of course, if they come on the radio program, I'm going to put that on them. But uh, you need to know that from their life is that a, a public open announcement that they and if they really truly say they often say it often, you know, but how how they renounce Islam if they're truly Christians. All right. Here's the third thing. Um, oh, and, and I, I miss this. I need to get back to saying this. Muslims can say whatever to uh, to to Christians and, and lie and deceive. That doesn't make a, a, a hill of beans in their book. But the next point, you know, they can even verbally say they renounce Islam, just as long as they don't mean it in their heart. But the next one is, is vitally important. Baptism. If they get baptized, that is pretty much a, you know, a nail in the coffin with their belief of Islam. There's, they're dying to their faith. And now they are truly becoming a Christian because they've been baptized. Baptism in the eyes of a Muslim is, is, a, is the true open public 
renunciation of their faith. And so in the eyes of Muslims, unless they publicly renounce their faith, they're still a Muslim. And they can say, well, I did it because I lied. But if they get baptized, that, that's a hard one to explain away to their Muslim brothers. And so their baptism, you want to know about it. Where was it? When was that? Who can testify about that? And you don't have that stuff. Would you be willing to be baptized and publicly declare your faith in Jesus Christ with this congregation? All right. Another one, a telltale, is what do they believe about Israel? What do they believe about Israel? If they are very negative and angry and upset about Israel, they may not be a true believer. Uh, what I find, that every true convert that comes to Christ out of Islam, they now become lovers of Israel and supportive of Israel. And they realize they were wrong in the past, and now they want the best for Israel. And usually that is a sneaky way of finding out who they truly are. And uh, you um, suggest maybe play the devil's advocate, say some things that you think might be negative about Israel, and see if they jump on board with you. That might reveal who they are, okay? Um, but let me flip the coin now, because I've, you know, I've told you about the, the downside of this and how you can test these things, because, yes, there are people who are coming in trying to deceive and trying to destroy. They are wolves in sheep's clothing, and we need to protect the flock and protect ourselves and our congregation and be alert to these things. But also recognize this. It's a very dangerous game for Muslims to play. Because being a former Muslim, leaving Islam now makes them an apostate. And every Muslim knows that that's a very dangerous ground to be on, to declare yourself an apostate of Islam. Because the law, uh, the Sharia, is very clear. Let me read it to you. It's section O for offenses. These are offenses that deserve the death penalty. Point eight zero. Uh, first begins with the definition. It's called Rida in the in the Arabic. Uh, leaving Islam is the ugliest form of unbelief, and the worst. Point one. When a person has reached puberty and is sane, voluntarily apostatizes from Islam, he deserves to be killed. Point two, in such a case, it's obligatory of the caliph to ask him to repent and return to Islam. If he does, it is accepted from him. But if he refuses, he is immediately killed. Point three deals with slaves and freemen. You know, slave, you're killing someone's, that's someone's property if they're a slave. So then the owner uh, has to uh, carry out the discipline. But point four, there is no indemnity for killing an apostate since it's killing someone who deserves to die. So there's no um, fault. There's no crime. If you kill an apostate, you've done God's work. So in Islam, um, any Muslim could be judge, juror, and executioner when it comes to apostates. And so... Uh, that's the that's the other side of the coin. So it's very dangerous for a person who was a Muslim to leave it. And when they come into our churches, when they come into faith with other Christians, our first uh, 
response is to be suspicious, yes. But don't be so suspicious that you scare away a lamb who needs nurturing, who needs fellowship, who needs companionship, who needs uh, Christian help. And so embrace them with faith. Ask your questions. Do your investigations. If things don't feel right, then dig deeper. But don't automatically assume that a Muslim that says that now they're now a Christian, they've come to faith, that they are a wolf in sheep's clothing. Rather, begin with the notion that that we should praise God. We have a believer, a, a believer, someone who walked in darkness, who was blind, but now can see, and who was likely to have uh, been taken to his grave without Christ because of the false faith that they were in, and they came out of it. So uh, uh, treat it first with uh, with praise and uh, and help the lamb. Now, let me tell you this. The Muslim, true Muslim, gets into your church that says, born-again believer, it will electrify your congregation. It might even bring revival. Because here's someone who was willing to die for their God, and they realized... I was going to willing to give up my life for a false god. Now I found the truth and found the true living Savior, and they are going to be on fire, and it's infectious. And so, uh, wrap wrap yourself into that, and it will bless you. I guarantee. All right. Well, that's going to be it for today. Tomorrow, I'll talk more about apostasy, about Christians, apostasy in Christianity. So join us again tomorrow at the corner of truth and courage. God bless you.